2: Hello, you are listening to Are You Having a Draft? My name is Bradley James, and I'm with Marcus Ellard. Hello. And we're a little bit late with this because we are about to wrap up all of what happened last season on Are You Having a Draft? So before we delay any more, let's get on with the show. Bradley, you having a draft? Sure am Welcome, everyone. We've been wrapped up in the Euros. Oh, you know what? The Euros feels like a, it feels almost like a lifetime ago now. It feels like it almost came home a lifetime ago. And oh my god! I we not let's not. I think I feel like that's a whole of it. That's a whole other conversation. Well, thankfully, to get ourselves over that, we've got the story of last season to cover, Marcus. I the, am just about ready to talk. Just about ready to talk about it. Okay. Good. <laughs> Good. We are here in August. May was a exciting, but eventually a tough time for our dear sweet Marcus. The 90th minute of that last day. It's going so well. So let's approach another subject first of how mm-hmm. the season went. It was our first year of the Ahad Cup. I've got the final board that I'm showing to Marcus. Oh, Brad, but it's, very neat. it's very neat. It is very neat. It's very neat. It's almost as if someone took a lot of care when it came to writing down
3: yeah.
2: what was happening. Let's see if I get knocked out in the group stages next season, how neat the board will be written up.
1: <laughs>
3: if at all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: the group stages are finish, and you'll be like, I actually know that Ahad Cup does not work. We're going to stop with a cup.
2: I need to stop that now. Yeah, It achieved what it needed to. We had a very exciting final day, a very exciting day, because four drafters had a hell of a lot on the line. And two of those drafters were myself and Philip Cairns, the manager of Change Name FC, me, the manager of the liberators i'm gonna to have to find a moniker that sits before liberators i think as opposed to just being one word what made this final interesting sorry
1: just that the moniker before the liberators is that like how the australians are the socceroos are you gonna be like are you gonna try and find something to, to fit into it like that is that what you mean
2: so you are the wedding crashers um, ah okay uh, change name Obviously, Evil FC is a one-worder as well. Yeah. Used to be Malulu's, but it's officially Malulu's picket liners, for example. (laughs) Okay. A joke that none of our audience will understand. So we had a final between the two of us. It came down to the performance of one man, a 31-year-old Welshman, who goes by the name of Gareth Bale. This was significant. During the cup final, he was playing for the Liberators, he was originally brought into the league all those years ago. And the first season of the draft, he was brought into the draft by Philip Cairns. He left for Real Madrid a day later. <laughs> and left Phil in Iconic. a bit of a hole for the rest of the, his first season. Then he returned and Phil used his window transfer to bring Gareth Bale onto his team. There he sat. For a number of weeks before, Phil just got frustrated because Gareth wasn't bringing him off. Jose wasn't playing him. He was just sat there on the bench. Very frustrating time for Phil because he had this huge name in his team. wasn't collecting any points. And so he dropped Gareth Bale. Cut to the cup final. I find Gareth Bale in my team. Unfortunately for me, he started off on the bench. And yet with... Half an hour to go, scores neck and neck. You saw us both, Marcus. We were both, nobody knew which way this was going to go. I was in my own turmoil at the time. Enter Gareth Bale. And Gareth Bale came on and scored two goals and sank, change name FC. Got revenge for the lack of faith shown by Mr. Philip Cairns and brought to me the first ever Ahad Cup trophy, otherwise known as the Mason. Congratulations, Bradley. Thank you, mate. Thank Thank you you very much. I feel over the moon. That board is not getting cleaned. I'm going to get it framed. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be somewhere in the house. I'm going to buy a new board that people can use, and I will be holding on for ceremonial purposes to the Ahad Cup board. I can't bear to wipe it clean. You know, this
1: is a bit of a different one because you obviously won, you won the first draft. I say obviously, but you won the first draft. And the reason that everyone's a bit like, some people, not me, obviously, some, some people argue the first one doesn't really count, the first draft, because nobody else knew what they were doing. And you did, because you you made it up. No, you didn't make it up, but you brought it up. Blah, blah, blah. So you were the one that did. But this, I feel like everyone knows how the cup thing works. So I feel like you can this crown could sit a little bit a little bit higher than your first draft title.
2: Thank you for planting the seed of doubt over you know, <laughs> these versions over my very legitimate and inaugural draft win, uh, the first ever lifting of the abdo.:: hey, look, I, I I'm mean, play, playing devil's advocate, of course.: <laughs> Of course. of course. Listen, that star remains above my badge, and uh, I was the first one to put it there. I couldn't be happy about that. I could be happier about how I've done since. Um, (laughs) yeah just just the last seven years then (laughs) just the last seven seasons however my cup win I couldn't be happier my season I had to basically kibosh my season a little bit so that I was picking players who were good for cup weeks as opposed to Mm. players who were any good and uh, I was so genuinely so pleased (laughs) to win the cup there you go. I look forward to the draw for next season. We'll find out you know, what group we're in. Marcus, you're yet to win a cup game. I think this will be your year to at least
1: win a just, cup game. I was just saying, I think, um, you know what, Bradley? I was, I was going to save this for a little bit later, but I went and bought my book the other day mm. for, for, for the draft. And I think you'll like this. And I think I might need a, a different section in it for, like, for cup management. Mm-hmm. So what's, what? Just for the listeners, what is the colour of my team? It is, of course, orange. Feast your
2: eyes (laughs) (laughs) on the Wedding Crashers FC draft season nine. It is as though you managed to somehow get into the supply cupboard at school. (laughs) And you see yeah. all the the notebooks, all the school books, and you have seen every colour of the rainbow. And you've gone up to that top shelf, and you've just grabbed it and run. Yep. It's even got that kind of like title card that you fill out on the front of the book. It has. It's literally, it's literally like
1: it's not quite high school. It's like when you go and it's like when you're doing year ten and elevens. So it's like when you're doing your GCSE maths. And yeah. That's, it's essentially a GCSE maths book. Look how small the squares are.
2: They're tiny on there. Yeah. But, I um, see you've yeah. got a GCSE student to write your name on the front as well. <laughs> <laughs> apt to you,
1: yeah. Well, I thought I'd keep it original,
2: keep it authentic,
1: keep it, keep it. authentic. That's the word, it's just the G. I was really annoyed about the G. Other than that, it's fine, anyway. There you go. Um, this is my year with the cup. I think I could have a good deal with the season though, just to be honest. Looking
2: at my picks, anyway, we'll get on to that another time. Well, Maybe. we've covered the cup. I'm raising my hand aloft. I'll be raising the trophy come draft day, and you'll see a very happy boy becoming the first person to get their name on the Mason. That name also adorns. The abdo. First person and to do the double, or to do a double of some sort. I'll take that. Moving on to the league, Marcus. Oh, what a finish to the end of the season. Now, I want you to try and disguise your tone as to which way this season went, because which I know will be difficult for you, but you mm. were involved in that very tight title race. It came I down was to the involved. wire. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every season... In the last, I feel like the last kind of three seasons, maybe even four, have all come down to Mm -hmm. the last day of the season. They've all come down to a later bit within the last day, the last game of the season. So, for example, last year, Melalou and Nick were head to head. And it was about 10 minutes to go that Nick managed to pull away. I think with, I can't remember who it was. There was a substitution, wasn't there? Didn't someone get brought on or someone not get brought on or someone get brought off or something? It, I think it was, a, I think David Silver was owned by Melalou and then got substituted off at the same time as I think Raheem Sterling then scored some goals for Man City. Mm. It timed out in such a way that Melalou's hopes were ripped from him at the same time. Uh, Nick's Nick's team got him over the line. And so the score, the actual final score looked as though it was, uh, there was a bigger gap between the two than there actually was. That was probably the closest we had, going down to the last 10 minutes. This year, we got down to injury time. Now, there's a man who's been a hero over the summer. His name's Calvin Phillips. For one of our drafters, he's been a hero since May. <laughs> he has been a hero since... What day was it? Was the 23rd, 24th? I can't remember what day that was. I'm but, not even going to lie. Uh, until then, until that day, until that
1: day, I'd barely heard his name all season. I'd, and now, yeah. he's, now he's a national icon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Oxford Pierlo, isn't it? It wasn't for his fine performances that day of the 23rd of May that he is now going forever into draft folklore. It is for a 90th minute scuff. <laughs> a scuff a scuff a terrible a terrible defense a terrible goalkeeping error it looked like <laughs> it looked like calvin phillips got married relatively recently and he looked around at the guests and he was like who the hell's that and <laughs> you had effectively ter- just turned up at his wedding because that's that's how that's you are. did and he found out who you are and he's like right I'm going to get my payback for this. He's gate crashed my wedding. Cut to the 90th minute. Ellen Road, Leeds versus West Brom. Liam Cooper passes the ball back to Calvin Phillips. Nobody particularly close to him. Nobody necessarily putting pressure on him. Nice little easy touch to then then play it out. Calvin Phillips just has a moment. I've, I've used this description before. It's as though somebody quantum leaked into his body in that exact moment. And... The ball comes off his foot, his shin, goes anywhere but where he needs to. And Hal robson kanu runs in, first touch, bang. The noise in my living room, the roar that was happening in the build-up to those last few minutes. I have never known a room go as silent as quickly as it did when that goal went in. It was only broken about three minutes later where a very melodic and slightly higher pitched Irish accent went, that's a real mood killer. <laughs> Uh, after three minutes of just silence in came Yare he called out the elephant in the room my friend what a devastating moment you just brought in Casilla the goalkeeper which was a stroke of genius had it not been for that moment sure sure (laughs) stroke of genius but for Calvin Phillips no one even owned Calvin Phillips and yet he was the most decisive player to the entire season can you believe it? The thing is, I had I had at one point I had Hal Robson carniv obviously
1: sacked him off because he basically played no minutes for essentially mm-hmm. 40 games. And he comes on in the last few. Calvin Phillips gifts him a would oh. even at one point, I even I even dared to say to whoever was sitting next to me, I can't remember who it was now. I even dared to say something. I was like, I've won it, I've won it, <laughs> I've won the draft. Oh. I even dared. I even dared in that last few minutes, that last oh, few minutes man. before it happened.
2: I felt for you. I really did. I really did. I was, I was planning my video and everything. I had
1: some really good ideas for the old video, you know? Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna put in some favors in that and that.
2: Well, I shoulda, woulda, coulda. We put that aside because we have a new season very soon upon us. And we also have to say, that the winner, the beneficiary of that mistake was a man called Daniel Mantle, And Daniel Mantel went on to win his second ever star, his second ever Abdo. He becomes the first person to win the draft twice. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, he was the right man to be the first person to do that, as he has been Absolutely. an excellent drafter. Uh, he's come Absolutely. close a number of times. Yeah. and he's just fallen flat quite a few times in terms of winning it again. This time round, he just had that spot of luck that had eluded him on uh, a handful of seasons before. So he now um, he now has as many stars
1: as his beloved Nottingham Forest on his shirt.
2: Ah, uh-huh. yeah. He'll like the synchronisation of that. We'll see the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll do. I like that one.
1: But the, obviously that the, a bad sign that is that, that Nottingham Forest haven't won their staff for the last 30 or 40 years since, since uh, Brian Clough took them to European glory.
2: Yeah. Let's hope that Mantle's run emulates Nottingham Forest and it just (laughs) remains two stars for the rest of time. (laughs) I feel like it might be easier for Mantle to get back on the horse as it were, because no one really charged him that much for trades that he made. There's a couple of trades in there that could have probably pushed him more given what he was playing for. He was able to just charm people in such a way that it gave up and just enough for him to get over the line. What I love about
1: Mantle's trades is like he's so in the background. And because he was because he was really, really challenging, obviously and ended up winning. Mm. What he would do is he'd just drop a little trade on the group and you're going, well, I certainly, because obviously he wasn't trying to trade anymore with me. I was just like, where the f*** has that amazing trade come <laughs> from? Like, and it wasn't it was amazing because he, like, he traded in like, m- uh, like one of the top, top players. Like, he hadn't traded in Harry Kane. It was a really tactical one in the sense of he looked at what match was coming up and he was like, actually, if I get rid of that one and bring that one in on this specific match week, and you're mm. going, oh my God, it's so obvious. Why aren't we all? Well, I mean,
2: we, we try,
1: but obviously Mantles just sort of uh, sneaks in there.
2: I think there probably could- needs to be an inquiry as to whether he's been also offering out free haircuts to anyone who does a trade with him.
1: I was gonna make I was gonna make a pun about that. I was gonna say you could say he was
2: a cut above the rest. Oh, very good. Yeah. I mean, you hairdressers will love you for making that pun. Because I, <laughs> I guarantee you, never you they've never heard that before. So yeah. <laughs> any more cutting remarks, uh, Marcus? Uh, I think we should just chop it there, really.
1: <laughs> Is that sad
2: an expression?
1: You chop it there. I knew you were going to ask me, and I was like, "Think of something quick! Think of something quick!" Yeah, but it was too much of a close shave.
3: Oh!
1: <laughs> oh. Let's comb over that bit of. Uh, <laughs> we can always trim that bit out.
2: <laughs> that see, that was genuinely a good one. You're trying to think of others, aren't you? You were. I was trying to. Ask, I was about to say you're trying to think of others. Anyway, oh, no, we'll just see. give me a minute. I will have one for you in a snip. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, there you have it, folks. The league finished as such in fifteenth place, and the collector of the wooden spoon. We knew this was going to happen. I think a long way off. Medir Llewellyn and his kitchen crusaders ended on eleven hundred and five points. He's all set for next season. Oh, Got himself nuts. a ton of draft picks. He did that early. Let's see how he gets on. Fortunes will change. In 14th place, Evil FC, managed by Peter Everill. 1,236 points. Again, another person who prepped himself for the future. Yeah, 13th definitely. position, the cerebral assassin himself, Yare Fume. Big bump from Pete there to 1,400 points. but mm. wow. Cut adrift... That bottom three's kind of been set for a while. So they all have been planning catering since pretty much March. And so mm-hmm. it promises to be a, a very good day on draft day. In 12th position, managed
1: by Bradley James, the Liberators with 1,495 Ooh. points. So 95 points ahead of Yare, but still in the 1,400s.
2: My score is a pretty poor one. I... Make no secret of the fact that I was aiming for that cup and I was looking for players who were good on cup weeks. I'll give you some advice now. If you want to do well in the league, don't do what I did. (laughs) (laughs) In 11th place, pipping me by three points, Neil Dutton and his Pipe Dreamers, 1,498 points.
1: Just looking at the table here badly positions 11, 12, 13, and 14. So four out of the bottom five are previous winners. They all have a star to their name. Wow, how the mighty have fallen. (laughs) And in 10th position, which I think is quite good, is James Jammer Robinson with Narrowboat Lock Union. And he's got 1,534.
2: I agree with you. I think that's good purely on the basis that everyone was ripping into him at (laughs) the start of the season for how bad his team was. He's been pretty consistent. He wasn't really in the catering zone that much. And granted, he's got Fernandez, who's able to rely on him, but... Solid mid-table finish. In ninth position, 1,544 points, so 10 above Jammer. Malulu's picket liners, that is Matthew Malulu. Again, another person who set himself up for next season after a certain point. He did it quite well. Obviously, he had a run-in for the title the previous season. He's finished mid-table this year, which I still think he'll be happy with.
1: I think after a title challenge,
2: finishing mid-table is... Recommendable. When you consider what Pete managed to do after he won the league. Oh, yeah, He managed to then get the wooden spoon the season after.
1: And in eighth, Andy O'Neill and his team Lady Online FC with
2: 1548 points. Just four points ahead of Melaloo there. I'd say that's Andy's position. Andy climbs his way to mid-table every year. Everton under Moyes. Yeah, he's just very consistent. He'll always get himself mm. in that middle pack. Moving up to seventh, another guy who loves mid table and has got his nose just above it, Fairytale Erotica, their manager, Jonathan Wolf.
4: The curse of Wolfe.
2: 1,619 points. Uh, I mean, will, Johnny will be relatively happy with that, won't he, Marcus? I think so. He always seems quite pleased. He finishes in those kind of positions a lot, and he, he seems to pride consistency in that regard. So I think he'll be pretty happy with that. He's got to have a year soon, hasn't he, Johnny? Our Johnny Wolf. I say, I, I say it every year. As soon as he takes a risk. Oh, he's on
1: it, mate. He's on it. He's yeah. on it.
4: The Curse
1: of wolf. And in sixth, it's Chike Okonkwo and his Olympic network with 1,638. And that's an admirable return for our Chike, I think, sixth. I agree, mate. What makes you say that? He's been in the group, but he's not played for a couple of seasons. And to come back... And I feel like, didn't he pick up someone's team as well? He had to kind of... He had to to scramble together. And I think to go to be sixth and not knowing you were starting it and then jumping into it. I think that's excellent because he could have absolutely bombed. He could have bombed or he could have just gone, oh, you know what? I'll just wait for next... I'm in it again now. I'll just wait for next year. But actually what he's done is... It's essentially, it's just outside of the
2: European places if we if we, if we were doing that. For you would probably be put into the Europa Conference League in a, in a finish like that. I completely agree with you. Chike took over a team a couple months into the season, immediately made some trades, gave himself a fighting chance. And up until a handful of game weeks to go, Chike was still talking about making a push for the title. There were certain trades he was offered and he wasn't doing them because he was like no i actually fancy my chances here and it just tailed off towards the end of the season but with some of of chike's team as well i think he's planning for the future
1: there's some young guns in
2: there that greenwood enterprise is probably the most interesting situation we've got with the new legacy format because there's a lot of options when you've got Mm -hmm. 19 year old starlet who's going to light the premier league on fire at some stage in fifth place We've mentioned him before, had an excellent cup run, which you'll be very pleased with. So he was an Ahad Cup finalist and he finished in fifth. He was also the number one seed throughout the cup as well. So he did pretty well there. Philip Cairns, change name FC, 1,689 points. A nice gap between him and Chike. He had a funny season because he was up the top to begin with and then all of his players got COVID. And <laughs> he literally he decided to he 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 started to slide down the table and uh, managed to fight his way back up after a, a nice little trade. He's got Richardson in good position. He's got some good players in his team. it Would be interesting to see what happens for him next season. And here we are. I think this is this is a true return of the Mac.
1: <laughs> um, in fourth place, manager of Tublovian Rude Boys, Daniel Mutlow, with seventeen hundred and eight. Very good. Ooh, what Very a good. That's a return. That is a return. He's got fire in his belly. I, he's, he rang me the day.
2: He wants to win this year. Oh, yeah. he's He is hungry. He is the dell boy of the group. He's been ringing around trying to get deals going. Yeah. We everybody's had a break over the summer or tried to have a break. mutlow has been there. The phone's yeah. been hot as he's been making calls ringing around trying to get some deals done. I love what he has brought to the league. It's funny because there's part of him that's frustrated with that because he feels like now he goes into draft day with those back order picks because of having done quite well. He's now at the back of every round. Mm. But he did trades before the season ended that have put him in a position where he doesn't really have to worry as much about his drafting. I think we're due for another strong finish by Mutlow next season. And largely because if it doesn't work out after draft day, he'll trade his way to things working out. In third place, he was our defending champion. It was Nicholas Morgan and his supermarket sweepers 1,756 points. He was in the title race, very firmly in the title race. Mm-hmm. And he topped the table with only a few game weeks to go. And it was a couple of just freak weeks that just pushed him out. Cut him adrift as yourself and Daniel Mantle ended up being too strong for him. But he's had a good season. When you think he won last year, he's able to turn around and finish third. He ends won up on his first again. season. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's, that's good. In second place... With the highest game week of the final week with 77 points. Yeah,
2: get that little celebration in there, yeah.
1: Manager of Wedding crashes FC, Marcus Allard, with 1,882 points.
2: Did you crash a certain little wedding over the summer summer off, Marcus?
1: Not only did I crash it, i, I it was my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> ah! I could actually, I could, I was one of the, I was one of the two people that were supposed to be there. They were wow. the only two people. Yeah, that so makes that's a
2: change to your usual attendance at weddings. You so specifically had a right to be there. I, it must have been an really unusual feeling for you. Yeah, it was a
1: much, it was a much more emotional feeling than weddings are emotional anyway. That's why I go to so many of them, but, um, <laughs> but this, is, this is particularly emotional.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. A married man. Not only were you actually invited to this one, your name was on the ticket.
1: My name was literally on the ticket. My name was above the above the door. You know when it's in a movie and it's
2: like Marcus Allard, his wedding. It's like my name was bigger than the title of the film. I wonder if uh, instead of wedding crashes, you're now going to have to be like wedding hosters or something.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So that takes us to first position, our new champion, and the first to become. Draft champion for the second time. That is Daniel Mantle. He finished the season just six points ahead of Marcus with 1,888. It's again. six points. Six points. And he managed to do a trade with Pete where Pete took Digney off him, or Dean, Luca Dean, and gave him Tierney. Tierney got a clean sheet. Luca Dean played away at Man City. I can only assume that Pete did that trade to then hold on to Luca Dean at uh, pick three. But I, I think you could have got more from him, maybe. It came down to six points. Six points. And Calvin Phillips, have you finished throwing darts at the dartboard with his face on it yet? Uh,
1: you can actually, because because I've been throwing so many darts, you can actually see the dartboard through the picture now. Okay, It's just, <laughs> it's just a massive hallway his face used to be.
2: Did Calvin Phillips offer any redemption uh, after his performances at Euro 2020? I feel like he owed it to not only myself, but every single Leeds fan as well. They'll have been disappointed not to have kept a clean sheet at home to West Brom. Oh,
1: I was so disappointed in that. So when West Brom! When was the last time West Brom ever scored a, la- a like a last-minute important goal? Ever.
2: And no one from West Brom will know how... Hal robson Carnu won't know how important that goal was. Calvin Phillips won't know how important that slip was. He'll never know. It's bigger than the Gerrard slip, isn't it? It is. It's significantly bigger. You know what I mean? It's bigger, bigger. Significantly bigger. bigger. It means a hell of a lot more. Big time. Pete an exciting end to season eight last season went all the way down to the wire the 90th minute plus injury time incredible your season perhaps didn't quite go down to the wire in that your fate was perhaps decided long before we got to the end of the season you were knocked out of the ahad cup in the group stages and you finished 14th you were
3: second from bottom in the catering zone how do you feel your season went why you have to bring the cup into it as well. Just left it a second from bottom in the league. Yeah, it was an exciting last day for everyone other than me in Yara. Uh season went very well in terms of I am happy of my squad that I am assembling with a strategic long-term goal of building a fantasy legacy dynasty.
2: Yeah, in fact, right now would be the perfect time. To, well, let's just point out that you've been receiving comments from people saying that picking Phil Foden at Pick 5 isn't a surprise. After the season, you've had people say this to you. I think Wolf
3: might have said it. Maybe yeah. Mantle as well.
2: Now would be the perfect time for us to squeeze in the audio from draft day, which has everybody's reactions to you picking Foden.
3: With the fifth pick of the season eight, are you having a draft? Evil FC pick Phil Foden. What? Oh! Oh! so deep no in my notes. Readers, this is what's happening, I'm just going to
2: my fourth <laughs> page. To- <laughs> 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 there you go, Pete. Does that refresh the memory?
3: Didn't need to refresh the memory, probably. <laughs> i stood by opinion. There's a motto that, I think it may have been David Brent, who once said, those who laugh last last longest well you've done that you did
2: that in choosing a guy who was 20 years old at the time and has actually had a season which i don't think most people were expecting
3: yeah. because He's he now well. looks
2: like a really good fantasy asset to have in the first round anyway it's only taken it, a season i
3: couldn't i couldn't quite hear anyone saying that was an obvious pick <laughs> it seemed to be laughter to me but like if you could like i don't know like get some get some forensics on that and see if you can find anyone who said that's an obvious pick i'd I'd like that
2: yeah i've got i've got forensics i've got the the var version of audio playback just listening in we can confirm there was no one saying how obvious a pick that was just shock or surprise it's almost like you paid your dues you've had a bad season with some of the i don't want to say experimental picks because i think that's Maybe that's not quite the right term, but your forward thinking picks. And a lot of those have paid off and it didn't stop on draft day because some of your moves after draft day have also been forward thinking moves. So finishing second from bottom, you didn't get the wooden spoon. You're doing a shift in the kitchen, but it will probably be worth it next season,
3: right? Because because the way your team's lined up. Yeah, I think there's only two bad picks I actually did on draft day. Yeah, I think I can name one. <laughs> Obviously, Orion Brewster was uh, a bad pick. Yeah. And uh, if anyone wants to say that was a bad pick on the day, then fair enough. It was a bad pick on the I day. Think I, think done, yeah, I think they might have yeah. Don't mean you need hindsight for that one. The other bad pick, but largely for of Mourinho, I would imagine, uh, and might we might see a different player altogether this season with Steve Bergwijn. Hmm. Two picks out of 16, isn't that bad? Two bad picks out of
2: 16. Going into season nine, if we were to have a standard draft, you've got a lot of players who would be picked up at much higher rounds than you've got them in your team. And then, of course, you had that trade with Phil for a player who you perhaps did well with because he didn't have his greatest season. You managed to get a good price for him, really good price for Richarlison. So next season you've got an extra second and third round pick to go into the draft with. You must be happy about that.
3: I'm going to do some,
2: do some business on draft day. Are you? As in just making some picks or doing some trades or?
3: I mean, so make, making some picks. Fill, filling in the gaps in my team. Well, and there's fair a enough. Few. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, just um, obviously pretty dangerous going into that second and third round with two picks each.
2: Yeah. When we're talking about sort of um, improving your side... The way the draft is going to work out in this legacy format sort of limits what you can do in the in the later rounds, really. You've got to box very clever once you get past a certain times. So you're well fixed, mate. Um, what happened in the cup? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't your year. in more ways than one league and cup. So, what's the goal for next season then?
3: To get some goals. About three strikers short of a team. Um <laughs> so there'll be some. I don't think anyone looks at my team. I'm not giving too much away to be saying I might be after a few strikers.
2: Well, I'm very excited for your team next season, Pete, because when we started talking about the ideas of legacy, we very much spoke about the idea of building for the future. And you were the person who took that head on the most. And I think that was very bold of you. You got the reaction that you got. And you've come out the other side now. say so you paid the dues. We're going into the season nine. You've got all these players loaded up. You managed to bring Virgil van Dijk on board after he got injured. And Mutlow was offloading him. You managed to use your window transfer very well. You're set up. You say pick up a few decent strikers in the draft. And you're laughing.
3: Well, hopefully. But <laughs> still, there's some strikers to pick up, isn't there? There's not been a great influx of strikers into the league. It's still early doors in the transfer window because it was always going to be late business activity as a result mm. of the Euros. That always happens uh, when there's a summer, summer tournament. Um, so you'll yeah, see, see what I can do.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role
2: Another drafter who had a very interesting season has joined us. Matthew Melillou. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are we both? Very well, my friend. Very well. So, just spoken to Pete to ask him how he felt his season had gone. A big part of it being that he's essentially paid his dues for what will be a bit of a turnaround situation going into next season. And funnily enough, that almost feels like it applies to you as well, and you haven't had to pay as high a price. You're not in the catering zone. you finished ninth. That sounds about right. you finished ninth in the league. You managed to avoid the catering zone. You had a good run in the cup up to the yep. quarterfinal. You've got in your back pocket some pretty tasty picks to take
4: into draft day. How did you feel your season went last year? I think it's very important to acknowledge that when the podcast started, I had a bit of a blinder and it was... Very much an unexpected turn of results. Having been not troubling the top half of the table since this whole thing began, (laughs) to suddenly find myself in a title race that came down to, what was it, the last 30 minutes of the last match... It was unexpected, is to say the least. It was a a hell of a roller coaster ride. So this season, my main goal was essentially not to go back to where I had been the previous six years, which is usually flirting with the catering zone at best. In terms of that, this has been a good result. Now, let's look at this a little bit further. I've actually managed to make a few manoeuvres in there that meant for a while I could have potentially... Been fighting for the back end of the podium. If i have been able to make the, the right couple of trades, instead, as things started to turn away, as the best thing to do was to jump off mid-season and start thinking about getting things set up for next season. And as a result, to drop only as far as ninth, I mean that's solid. I I think it was Wolf or someone was saying to me, "Oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna try anymore." And I said, I, "Actually, middle of the table is is." Yeah. Ironic if I said that to Wolf, because he is the king of the middle of the table. Middle of the table, I am absolutely happy with knowing that it might give me the option to pick up a couple of first-round picks that might make the difference next season. Because of that, you have two
2: first-round picks going into next draft day. I think it's also fair to guess that the reason why you'll have two picks is because you picked one up in a trade you were sort of unlucky last year. In Well, I say unlucky. You picked up Martial with your first pick. I cut my own nose off to spite my own face, yes. Yeah, but it sort of worked out in the sense that I think it would be safe to assume you're going to be freeing up that number one spot uh, by dropping either him or Tielemans. And then you've got yourself two first round picks. You're going to be t- picking up two players from that first batch, which is... When you when you think that like a lot of people are going to be holding on to their first-round picks, yeah, you're going to be picking it, up two
4: of the first maybe four, five players off the board, maybe. 100%. And it's, uh, it's a no-brainer. I don't even need to make a decision. The decision's been made for me. Martial's form has not been good. And his current state of health means if I pick him, he's essentially going to be there to warm the bench again. Yes, I'm in the mix to get two first-round players understandably most people are going to hold on to their golden players. There will be a few, uh, few players round twos usually that people will be letting go to keep hold of their star players. Mm. So what I caught from the back end of what Pete had just been saying, it's very much about waiting to see the effect of the Euros, whether some interesting players that found themselves highlighted in that competition come into the Premier League at the end of the transfer window Assuming they make it onto the game in a week's time, mm-hmm. those will be the ones that you want to be thinking. Okay, where are those first round picks going to go?
3: Well, I think just Mel needs to let Yare have a little hug on draft day and thank him because actually, Yare saved Mel. Um, just looking at looking at it, Yare saved Mel from having the worst first round pick.
4: <laughs> <the> wow. <laughs>
3: Ow! Uh, he's wow. siding. Tino Werner, Yare failed the first round out of everyone. Thanks to Yare, Mel didn't have the worst first round pick.
2: Yare, thank you. It's funny because Yare had some incredible trade offers for Timo Werner. The reason I know this is because I was one of the people offering him silly, silly offers. Timo Werner which he didn't take obviously I know there were others who came at him I think potentially with maybe even better deals and he didn't take them I warned him about the value of this guy like being potentially at its peak now that could have gone the other way Werner could have scored loads of goals what have you but there was something after those first couple offers and the offers started to dry up for obvious reasons Yare then stuck to his guns and he was saying, no, not going to trade him, going to wait to see how he does. And then if he doesn't do it, I'll launch him. Of course, what he's for completely misjudged is that no one wants to trade with him now. No one wants to put the offers in. So he's going to be launching him for free. And not only that, he's not going to be standing by his guns that he said he would do with Werner. It's been a bit of a backfire for him, let's be honest. It's I just see, he's going to defend himself.
3: I speak for this on behalf of the collective draft. I think it's going to be one of the most enjoyable moments of the draft when the RA has to stand up there and launch Timo Burner and everyone (laughs) is going to enjoy that moment.
2: So you think that's what he'll do?
3: I'm still not sure. I flip-flop. I still wonder whether the man's going to double down and be even more stubborn on him. Um,
4: we're talking about the most unpredictable man there is in the draft with some hurt pride he is gonna keep hold of him. Just to, he's gonna exactly. he's gonna be praying that some of that country form turns into club form, and that he's justified this year in having made that pick and tanking for a year before. I'm
2: gonna go out on a limb, and I think Yare drops Timo Werner. I think he will then be on the receiving end of a well-deserved ribbing, given that he was so vocal about supporting Timo Werner, given that he spent the entire season telling us that he would never turn his back on him. And I think what happens on draft day, this is my prediction now, is that he lets Timo Werner go. The draft will have every right to remind him of this in the same way that they remind him on a regular basis about
4: his decision to draft Lewis Holtby.
3: (laughs) That wasn't his
4: decision. That was Mrs. Yare's decision, isn't it?
3: (laughs) I mean, Yare will have the second pick of the overall draft on draft day. Yeah. If he launches Werner. Yeah. yeah. He's got to be pretty ballsy to keep Werner, knowing that he could have the second best signing of the summer. Especially when Chelsea have made it very clear they have no trust in Dino, or as I like to call him Dina. And uh, they, in their pursuit of Angelon, are basically making it very clear that they don't, uh, they don't trust him.
4: I think you might be right. Matthew, what is your target for next season then? Back in the top half of the table, for sure. Mm. I would very much like to make my second podium position. See if I've got the nous to, to at least be in the mix in the latter weeks of the season, essentially. I think that's fair. What are your hopes for the cup? If I get drawn against Yare, number one, I have to give him an absolute spanking. It's going to be a grudge match. I, uh, was it quarters this time? Got to be the semis. I've got to pull in England. I've got to do quarters, semis, and then hopefully through to the finals. Building your way up. Just call me the uh, the South Gate of of the Mason.
2: So, Ahad listeners, we had a listener league, and the season ended, and we had a winner. Melilu, would you like to announce the overall winner, essentially, of Division One for the Ahad Listener
4: League? I absolutely would, uh, with huge congratulations and thanks to everyone for taking part. The winner was, and quite rightfully so, Siné Wilson. Well done, you did absolutely fantastically, top of the draw there, a much-deserved winner. You can see we uh, produced, as promised, a digital sticker like our own, but special just for Listener League, where you can see Cine who won the league, and she will also be in receipt of some of those very nice stickers, as I promised. Ooh, la, la. So they will be be winging their way
2: over to her in Denmark soon. They'll Uh, be adorning a lunchbox in Denmark very soon.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Thank you very much to everybody who took part in the Listener League. And as we say, congratulations, huge congratulations to Cindy Wilson. Mm -hmm. Melaloo, I believe you are looking at something now that holds a place of high esteem amongst the drafters. And that is the... Spirit of the Draft Award. Now, this is an award that is given out each year to the drafter who we feel just went that little extra mile to support the draft in some way, to promote the draft in some way, just to do something to improve the draft in some way. And it's had many recipients over the years. Last year's winner of the Spirit of the Draft Award was Matthew Melelew. And he received the award in its then state. What happens with this award is that when it is won by a drafter, they have to physically add something to the award. One day it will be a monstrosity. How people are going to need a a forklift truck to move it into their vehicle to get it home. I don't know what's going to happen. But Melody, there's been some developments from your side of
4: things. Oh, it's yes. It's been in your care. It is just hidden off camera so that you boys don't see it until the, the glorious reveal on draft day. Oh, I'm excited. But just, just in front of me is the newly finished Spirit of the Draft Award. It was finished only last night. I finished the last bit, which was to add the Roll of Honour. I think that's something important that we need to have in there so we know who has won it over the seasons, mm. so part of any trophy. And yeah, like you say, it's got this lovely history to it that each person takes their own spin on it and adds something to it and adapts it and changes it. I'm not going to lie, it's a bit different. I thought what I would do is I'd take all of the cues from everyone that had come before me, and I wanted to turn it into a real trophy, something wow. that you looked at that and you went, oh, no, that is an award worth fighting for. I've added my spin on the spirit because each time we've had a spirit of uh, some version. So we started with Gary Lineker, great spirit for British football, of course, but then he was then stuck on a bottle of vodka. So adding in a spirit in that sense, mm-hmm. then a Ghostbuster ghost was holding onto the pair of them. So another, a ghoulish spirit. And then Marcus added a spirit level, quite a literal take on the spirit, but I liked it. There's a bit, I like a challenge. I mean, he'd li- he just
2: stuck it on there. It was, it was he literally just stuck it on there. It wasn't quite the
4: greatest feat of engineering that you'll ever witness, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it, it, was was, uh, it was a blue Peter special, exactly. one that I cable tied earlier. I've taken all of those elements and I've created something that might ruffle a few feathers. People will hopefully be kind of excited about the prospect of winning it and be able to see it and go, "Yeah, that's good." My roughly three feathers. feathers. I
2: I cannot wait to see what this is going to be. Are you excited about this, Pete? What do you think it's going to look like?
3: I mean, it's going to be a Frankenstein creation, not because Matthew won't have done a fantastic job, but just it was already headed that way. (laughs) Ladies
2: and gentlemen, we're talking to a man who has won young engineer prizes in his youth could have easily excelled in the realms of engineering
4: probably should have to be honest
2: (laughs) (laughs) but then we probably wouldn't have ourselves the spirit of the drop which as you look at it right now as I see your face to describe to listeners it's like when John Travolta looks into the briefcase in Pulp Fiction that might be the (laughs) The keyboard or the screen I don't know but every time you look at the trophy your face goes golden (sighs) I'm excited to see it and if you Look onto our social media, you will undoubtedly find it represented probably in the form of a wonderful Ahad Panini sticker. You're going to be able to fit it in the car.
4: Going on the roof rack, it it will fit the car. I'm a bit worried about transporting it safely, so I might have to make a box for it to go into. I hope our recipient is well equipped to take it home because this. you will be... have to hope it has been given to a, a worthy winner, and it's probably worth mentioning to the to the listeners. The way it works is at the end of each season, it is the job of the the current holder to contact all of the other drafters and ask for their nominations and then votes for who they think has. Um, represented the spirit of the draft in the current season that has been done there were a few nominations and one particular person has come out in the lead and will be taking this beauty home and hopefully looking after it Pete, when did you win the spirit of the draft award? I've never won it
2: (laughs) (laughs) makes you feel any better me neither so I feel like there's a prejudice towards the
4: management Management can't win I'm sorry
2: (laughs) (laughs) management cannot win (laughs) it's
3: not a trophy I'm looking to win (laughs)
4: <laughs> well,
2: that, there you go and with an attitude like that you never will <laughs> there, goes, there goes all of Pete's votes for next season this from the guy who decided to campaign he should receive spirit of the draft
3: <laughs> so, and I look forward to picking up the trophy next week
4: <laughs> could be your Even name Given your on history with trophies mate that might not be a good idea there's a
2: few awards to give out next week it will be draft day the best day of the year Better than Christmas, your birthday, Easter, Valentine's Day, all that fun stuff wrapped up into one as I quote Peter Everell, circa 2018.
3: Uh, Bradley will know that it's a good job I'm not getting Spirit of the Draft next (laughs) next weekend because I haven't got any space on my trophy cabinet as it is anyway.
2: Whoa! (laughs) I thought you were going to say because you were likely to start playing basketball with a trophy and we'll have to get an engineer back in to put it all back together again next season.
3: End of the day... There was a lady who was desperate to have her picture taken with the trophy in Streatham, Tesco. And then I, I let her her, her. the dream.
2: (laughs) Very apt. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we will find a way to get the information out there as to who has won the spirit of the draft. Well, we put that to one side and we move on. We move on to next season. We are implementing, it's the first season where the carryover of legacy will now affect our drafting for next season. It's exciting because no one really knows what's going to happen. There's been a lot of chat over the WhatsApp group, a lot of mind games being played. Oh, I noticed that. A lot of transfers coming in, a lot of players who people don't even know who they're going to be able to draft. So it's a whole new world. But it's probably at this point that we have to deliver the news that we will not be covering it on the Are You Having a Draft podcast, which is a shame. We found ourselves in a situation where our producers move on to significantly bigger and better things. I think. Primarily because of the experience they gain on, are you having a draft? And we've sort of exhausted our resources, have we not, Marcus, without Mm. going into the realms of unknowns, I suppose. People that are just
1: intrigued by how it works that can now basically follow everything on our social
2: media, which will keep going. Who knows? Hopefully, we've managed to steer a few people towards starting their own drafts. I mean, effectively, that is the question we posed at the beginning of this podcast. And we're not saying it's the end of this podcast. there may be some time in the future when we're able to revive it unfortunately between myself and marcus we are slightly too busy to be able to produce Mm. it ourselves so the podcast will be saying farewell but not goodbye there is every chance it may return someday we hope you've enjoyed listening you can still keep a track of everything that happens with are you having a draft and hey don't be a stranger Let us know how your drafts are going. We'll be updating certainly the Instagram at having a draft. There, we will continue to let you know what we're getting up to. We'll continue to let you know of our successes and failures along the way. You can keep up to speed with those. And with any luck, we will find ourselves in a position where we will be able to bring you the podcast further down the line.
1: It's been a pleasure. It's been brilliant. It's been great. Like, I've loved doing a podcast. No, it's been brilliant doing a podcast. I've absolutely loved it. Loved it, loved it. And I think is, and now this gives us more time to focus on what's really important, and that is drafting. Yes, my friend.
2: I think you're about to touch on this. You'll have noticed, or our audience will have noticed, that episodes were coming out that little bit slower yeah. um, at, yeah. towards, the, towards the end of this season. And we have gone through two producers, both of which have producer Zach and an unnamed producer who wishes to remain so. And both, as I say, have gone on to better things. And we ourselves, Marcus, we are not capable of making this happen alone. So, absolutely not.
1: But no, it's been brilliant. It's been brilliant. And I think we should end on a high, which is thanking everyone for listening, thanking everyone for following, thanking the listener leagues, and thanking everyone that's actually dared to set up their own draft. That's a good place to end it on, actually, Bradley, is, you know, the question that we posed, as you said at the very beginning, which is, are you having a draft? Get in touch. Let us know whether... I think Instagram's, Instagram's a good place to let us know or the email, which is areyouhavingadraft.gmail.com and let us know how those drafts are going and what your friends slash colleagues, loved ones, family thought when you said, hey, guys, I've got an idea. We're going to do this thing called the draft. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah it's been fun it's been a lot of fun and um it's certainly added an extra spice to the draft for us i'll echo that marcus thanks to everyone for your involvement thanks to everyone for the various things that you've sent our way very much appreciate it as i say drafts are like stars uh, you can't always see them but they are always there excellent 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 100 definitely excellent that was the best postcard quote i could come up with yeah. on the spot i liked it if you put those words on the picture of like a sunset with some seagulls flying off into the distance it'll yeah. make it seem really poetic yeah we should say thank you to some people for the last, well, for the last time for a while, at least. Thank you to Matthew Melaloo for a lot of the content that you see that happens on Instagram. We've got to thank him for a lot of that stuff. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you to CJ Pandit, who wrote our music. CJ!
1: That's an excellent one to finish on. Well done.
2: Uh, I will say uh, thank you to Kate Bellamy, who created the initial artwork at This.
1: Thank you to Jose Palmer for the photography. Thanks, Jose. You're a legend. I believe he's
2: at the Mr. Palmer on Instagram. Lots of very handsome pictures of himself on there. Yes. He's a good looking chap. It was a while back now. But thank you also to Will Coburn. At Will Coburn, 1L. He did some photographs for us way back when. So thank you to him.
1: And last but not least, as always, thanks to our wonderful friends and hosts... At ACAST.
2: ACAST. Thank you, guys. Much appreciated. So until next time... Draft safe.
1: Oh, my God. The points at the top. The points at the top. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. I feel sick.
3: Evil FC. Pick. Phil Foden. What?! Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh my god! What's oh, 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 <laughs> your oh, so
4: legacy! Legacy. <laughs> <to Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. legacy! How many peers
3: oh, have no. had? Phil? Just the one. Just one. <laughs> oh my god, I'm right through my notes. He's so deep in my notes. This is what's happening. I'm just going to my fourth page today.
2: <laughs> P really can <laughs> <laughs> wait till season 12. <laughs>